Hey everybody, welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. We are stand-up comedians. Stand-up comedians that are currently jobless because of the coronavirus. We're finally going to be the doctors our mothers wanted us to be. Is there anything that we don't know? A lot, actually. We have a lot of questions. Uh, we have a lot of answers. All of them wrong. But we do have access to... Google. And a vet. Oh yeah, my mom's a vet. She knows some stuff. We have to do this So again. every once in a while, we're going to invite her on. No, we don't. We're going to actually use this. <laughs> Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. Non Yay. Welcome to Two Non-Doctors. I'm Liz Mealy. I'm Maria Shahada. And we have our uh, our guest, our forever guest. I don't know. You've, now that you've come twice, I think you're a part of this. Uh, but uh, please welcome Dr. Terry. She's my mama bear. Hello. Hello. I love that, like, if because we keep having her on, and so it feels like she's just been too cool for the podcast for every episode, except for the few that she's come on rather than be a random guest. You know, do you know what, what I was, mean? Do you know what I was kind of thinking, though? But, like, I'm a huge, like, salt and pepper fan, and so salt and pepper had Spinderella, but she was never, like, she was on the album, she was in the pictures, but, like, it was always just called salt and pepper. So, like, it was just kind of funny to me where I'm just, like, eventually it's going to be, like, Liz Mealy, Maria Shahada. And like Dr. Terry, and she's going to be like, I'm pretty sure I made this podcast. <laughs> I know, but she, yeah, she's in the running to be Salt or Peppa, and we're, yeah. we're both the Spinderellas. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. She's like, I'm. As soon as my mom figures out computers, she's definitely going to do her own spinoff. <laughs> and she'll be like, I'm pretty sure I'm smarter than both of you. She's like, she just uh, does a spinoff just called a real doctor tells you real yeah. facts. <laughs> like, I don't understand why these girls have any followers. Um, how's your How's your quarantine going, mom? Um, it, it's, it's going well. We did have a positive so that we were shut down for a while. Was it a, a staff member? Yeah, it was a staff member. I don't think I had that much exposure. So it was two weeks of quarantine, but no one got sick. So we're good. We're opened again. Yeah. And your staff member is clearly okay. This is not a Cle Clearly okay. Yeah. I, did. I, I mean, didn't think, I didn't think you were going to be like, oh, a staff we member got <laughs> sick and I couldn't go to work for two weeks. And we had one death. Yeah. Really oh God. You know, she's really hard to replace. She was actually a pretty good worker. <laughs> so, so we were closed on saving kittens, but we're, we're, we're back and we're back. Same routine. Yeah. But did you do anything in your, in your real quarantine? Did you accomplish anything? No, I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't go anywhere. I, it was. That's the whole point, mom. People yeah. are like learning <laughs> French <laughs> and like my roommates are learning coding and one of them's like learning trigonometry. And here you are. You're like, this is your first two weeks off in probably 40 years. And you're like, nah, I'm not doing shit. This is, yeah. This is when you write a book. Um, about all or your start a podcast, mother. Children. What are you doing? Yes, exactly. No, I think I was just napping. But anyway, <laughs> I love how you were like, "I'm tired." <laughs> you're like, "I work." You have like just two comedians that are just like, "You're not going to try to better yourself in your free time," <laughs> and you're like, you "I have, have a degree." Three full notebooks by now. What the hell? <laughs> I do love just, just like judging my mother who has like a real degree and a real job and being like, "What? You're not." trying to better yourself in your free time <laughs> seriously make some use of yourself can i borrow a hundred dollars we're just on here just like panhandling uh <laughs> have you have you learned any french lately maria no i dropped it and like i was just 
um, I was just writing about that in my morning pages. I was like, I wanted to pick up Japanese. Why? I'm not going <laughs> to Japan. And if I do, it'll be like once. Like, why do I want, like, why do I do this to myself? My problem is I have too many things that I, I'm like, ooh, I'm really interested in literally everything. And there's no time. And I have to, um, there, I don't know if Warren Buffett actually did this, but there's a story that he, he like tells people to list the 10 things that you want to do in life. Uh, cross out seven of them and never think about them again and just focus on the three. And it's just such beautiful advice because yeah. uh, I think it's like, for you, especially. <laughs> yeah. And so you could, because like I'm too, I'm in too many different directions with my interests. Like I'm everywhere. I want to be a chef. I want to be Anthony Bourdain, but I want a podcast and I want to like uh, learn Japanese. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's just, I, there's too many things that I get interested in and then I do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so. It sounds, it sounds quite overwhelming. Uh, my mom, her advice is just to nap. Um, it's but, great advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm like, I think there's something really beautiful about having a lot of goals because I know too many people that are like goalless and listless, but I, I don't know if I completely relate. I, I have, I, what's hard though, and I've been talking to my roommate about it is like my goal was to be a comedian and then just to continue to be a comedian and just be a better comedian. And then that was taken away from me. And he's like, what are you going to do next? And I go, I don't, no, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't, like, I never had to think this far. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, there's something really upsetting about like, and maybe this has, is how you feel about like, since you're going to retire soon, mom, like, I know it was horrible. Well, it is kind of weird where you spend your entire life doing one thing, you get good at it. And then people are like, you should go home and do something else. And you're like, what? But I'm good at this. And I made no effort to learn anything else. Like, like, I truly am like, if stand up doesn't come back, what am I not even like, how am I going to make money? Because that's how like, I'm, I'm perpetually a teenager. It isn't like, how am I going to pay my bills? It's like, how am I going to be happy? <laughs> like, how am I going to be happy if I'm you not? You would find something you'd end up coming up with some Olympic game for cats or something <laughs> like you, would, you'd find some way to like, uh, to make your interests be, like you would fill the time with your interest. I mean, you, you, you're a resourceful person. Like you're yeah. the last person I would worry about like being yeah. lost. I'm yeah, I guess I'm just like, it was, it's, it was my favorite thing when I was a teenager and it's still my favorite thing. And I feel, I always felt blessed that I, I feel that way. Like I, I think of my older sister, like my, my older sister is, I think a little bit like you, Maria, in the sense that like, she has so many different things that she wants to do and she's extremely smart and, and honestly just, I think a very multi-talented person, but for some reason, nothing, um, sticks as long. And I don't know if that's just curiosity. You know how they say, what, curiosity kills the cat? I feel like curiosity kills, like, the long-term job opportunities. <laughs> like, it's it, – I feel like she's this – my sister has had, like, four major jobs mm -hmm. or, like, four different types of education in a very short amount of time. But I, I think that's – I've always felt better being, like, this – like, the Warren Buffett, but, like, even more, you know – down the line like you're comedy. like you're like you, do you ever see the documentary euro dreams of sushi no but i think i've heard of it you're that in the comedy world like oh, is he, he the just, one that makes the best sushi yeah he just focused on sushi for 80 years of his life and he's just really mastered it and yeah, it's just that's what he does and he's excited to get up and go to work and when he doesn't have work he doesn't know what to do with himself and he just and his son's like waiting to take over the business but he won't die he just loves <laughs> 
but, doing what he does and this is you with comedy but then everybody finds out that like over like reheated rice is bad for you and then sushi goes away or something and now he doesn't have it like i feel like like sushi's never gonna leave well that's not true people are overfishing but like i don't know i'm just he's gonna die before he loses his passion i feel like i've for the first time in my life have to come to grips with the fact that people might not want to be around other people and watch somebody spit on stage it's never gonna happen. I mean, it's just gonna take maybe maybe it'll take a while to get back to what it was, but what if, it's never gonna go away. People need this at at its most basicness. It's it's like such a basic art form. It's such a like basic need to connect, and it's just how you do it. Besides going to bars and drinking, that's the next thing. It's like a little more intellectual than that. Yeah, yeah. It's like people are always gonna want that. Well, I do feel like maybe Gallagher was before his time. Like maybe we should be putting like shields on top of people. Like if everybody comes in with a poncho. And then, like, I have, like, a some kind of face shield because I, I can spit a little bit. Like, I definitely, like, when I start to get, you know, I'm not spitting on, on people, but I do worry about how far things travel. But I think if I, if we start, like, Gallaghering the audience with, like, ponchos, I think we could really make this happen again pretty soon. That's that's my that's my solution. Do you see what I mean? You're a problem solver. Thank you. And thank you've you. done it. You've nailed thank it. <laughs> um, Dr. Terry, what are you going to do? Oh, sorry. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say we should probably get into letters, but you can you can ask. I'm just gonna ask what you're gonna do. Like, what are your plans for retirement, or is it just to nap? Yeah, it's just it's just to nap. No, I'm I'm, I'm a little worried. I I had I made a list. Um, Ooh, what's your list? Liz loves lists. I love lists. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to learn Italian. Okay. Well, we've already Italian figured is out fun. that's never gonna happen. Okay. Yeah, next. <laughs> I, I've, I've tried a few times. Um, she knows how to curse in Italian, so she has made it priority at different times. I'm going to exercise. You already do that. I know, but more, I guess. Okay. I'm going to garden. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to grow like tomatoes and herbs and no, or flowers? No, I think I'm going to have a cat farm. A cat farm? Is that what you said? Yes, I'm going to grow cats. Okay, cool. No, cool. My mom is losing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I am going to have chickens, so... Those were my two things. So, so you, awesome. So you said garden, but then you listed two animals. Am I, I missing I, something? Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. That's farming. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah, sure. I'm gonna raise my own chickens and have okay. eggs. Okay. Um, and cats. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You can see I'm having trouble. Yeah. No, your list is. I think that's it, a great it, list. I think <laughs> it needs work. If I'm being honest, I don't want to judge. Exercise and farm and have chickens. Like you yeah. can lift the chickens <laughs> above your head for exercise. That's, that's right. Done. And then you'll have eggs, all the eggs you want. You'll oh, get good mom, at making omelets. My mom is almost an egg. My mom eats so many eggs. Like I almost <laughs> think we could do a full episode on the like the myth of our eggs bad for you because my mom is killing it right now and all she eats is eggs and chicken and chicken. Yeah, so my mom's just, my mom's literally like I'm gonna live off the land, and by the land I mean just chickens. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna work on your list, mom. But it does sound like um, it sounds like you're just taking your life and further making it your life, and I think that's uh, beautiful. I'd be I, Warren Buffett would be happy with your list. Yeah, I think that's I th great. Yeah, I'm out here judging. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not sure. I'm a little worried now that I. <laughs> Now that I said it out loud, I better. Uh... <laughs> she's like, she's like. Now that I've told like, the public all my list, <laughs> to speaking Italian to chickens for the rest of my life is this what I've <laughs> <is this, laughs> <what I'm> decided? <laughs> um, let's get into our uh, our letter. We have. Um, I was actually happy. Um, we had um, uh, James from Ireland wrote in after he heard our psoriasis and eczema um, 
uh, episode. And I, I thought what he said was pretty interesting. He heard me talking about how I had eczema on kind of, I think I described it wrong. I said it kind of on the back of my, my neck kind of towards like the bottom of my head. I don't know cranium. I'm not smart enough to know how exactly to describe that. And he was like, actually, he's like, I thought I had eczema for a long time. And he goes, and it turned out to be a nickel allergy. So like certain necklaces, um, parts of like little clips on hair ties. He said his glasses had nickel and then his, he has a ring on his phone and he would get rashes on his hand and it turned out to be nickel. So he was like, I think you might have a nickel allergy. And I thought, I mean, I don't, cause I actually described where my eczema is wrong. It's kind of under my hair and it's like, it's not, and I don't wear necklaces, so that's not a thing. But um, I just thought that was something to to kind of bring up that I feel like eczema and psoriasis are kind of in the zeitgeist, but I think I've heard of a nickel allergy like once before, and I would have never even gone down that path. So I just wanted to bring up that he brought up that he thought he had eczema and it was a nickel allergy. And I thought that was very thoughtful of him. So thank you, uh, James in Ireland for writing in and maybe you, you've solved other people's rashes. <laughs> Yeah, some other people out there probably have nickel rashes that they didn't know. Yeah, I know. I know. We're just we're out here. We're out here connecting people from Ireland to somebody in. We have one fan in uh, Zimbabwe. I saw from our stats. So maybe somebody in Zimbabwe is like, I have this ring, and now I know that it's causing a rash. I don't know why I've decided that our fan in Zimbabwe has a rash. Um, <laughs> that was just aggressive. Uh, let's get into our Googles. I would actually. I kind of want to start with your Google, Mom. Uh, my Google was about gray hair. Ooh. Uh, oh. So why does gray hair start at the temple? So that's what I asked. Is that only where you're graying? Mainly. Okay. Um, that's what I think. So I did Google it, and it actually didn't have really an answer for it because it didn't feel like your gray hair just starts at your, your temples, that it really is – you just can't see it in the back, but it, it, it grows. You, you, you get gray hair all, all over. Um, but it does feel like it's concentrated on people. Like I can see it. Like I can see it in my boyfriend that he has more like kind of gray hairs near his like his ears. And then you think it's a, a yeah. guy thing because I, I'm getting gray hairs, but I'm, I mean, I'm getting at the root, roots at the top of my head. But like you always hear about like um, men having gray temple hair. Well, I always um, thought my mom had more of like a Bonnie Raitt graying. Like you always, ha- you kind of have like, what? like Bonnie Raitt, because <laughs> Bonnie Raitt has that kind of like tough at the top of her head that's gray, but the rest isn't. And you're kind of similar, mom, where you have like kind of a concentrated tough and then everything else, like my mom's hair is actually, I love it. It's like gray highlights. Like there's like 20 year olds that wish they had my mom's gray hair highlights since that's like a thing now. But, yeah. But yeah, so it basically said you're you just can't see the back of your head. Is that what? Yeah, yeah it was like I, I just feel like it, it is just starts at your temples, and and it, they said really graying is very genetic, so it depends on your genetics, and also where you turn gray. So there wasn't like a reason. I thought maybe on the side where you hold your head, you know, and you're stressed, that that's why the sides turn gray, but. That isn't true. What if like cell phone, like, like, oh my God, what if cell phones are a thing and like we start to have like these square gray, <laughs> like things on the side of our head, like it's just on your right side and it kind of looks like a rectangle where you're like, you press it to your ear and that's where everybody grays. And that's how we first find out that cell phones are like truly rotting our brains. That could happen. I'm, I'm going to look out for it. I'm going to, 
I mean, I almost never put my phone to my head. I almost always use headphones, but I feel like the older generation <laughs> is a phone to the face. And we're going to find out if they have little boxes of gray. Yeah, it's like just on my right side. All right. So really, it was just how you felt. I think you're, I think you're right, and Google hasn't caught up to your rightness. Yeah, I think Google was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we feel most of the time. We I know. Really fit in, Mom. <laughs> We're like, I Googled it, but I don't agree with it. And I know um, I haven't talked to a doctor, and I know this is like some kind of collective information, but I'm going to go with my gut on this. <laughs> um, what did you Google, Maria? Do facial exercises work? What do you mean by do they work? You, have you heard of facial exercises or face yoga or whatever? Not really. Okay. So, I mean, I've noticed that like, I, I don't feel like the elasticity in my skin is what it was in my twenties. So, mm-hmm. um, I thought that I was wondering if facial exercises would help bring shape back to my face. Cause I've gotten a bit of a double chin. I know I've gained a lot of weight and I think, you know, like I'm getting older and stuff. So there's this like sagging and the double chin and stuff. And I'm like, what can I do? <laughs> what can I do that's weight? not exercise? What can I do with it? That's not moving to help my face. <laughs> Okay, but um, facial exercises is moving. <laughs> and it, have you heard of it, Mom? Yeah, I have. That's how you get rid of your wrinkles, right? Like, the- well, they some some sources said that it was actually a terrible way to get rid of your wrinkles, and oh. it would actually cause more wrinkles because, like, because <laughs> a lot of the facial exercises have you smile and move your your like lips together and like move your jaw up and down and stuff, and it, and like those could cause more wrinkles. Um. And so there's a ton of like glamour articles and like stuff like that, that I just didn't, I didn't want to read because I didn't want to like be sold a membership to the face gym, Yeah, which the face gym is a, as a chain of gyms in like LA, New York and London. Oh, it's real. I thought you were making a a real thing. No, it's a real thing. Oh my God. I legit was like, that's hilarious. And now you'll never be able to cancel. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's unfair the head start celebrities have on the rest of us. Like they just like they have enough money to like a face make their gym. Face. I can't afford a real gym. That's insane. I, know. I thought so too. But is so it look- just a bunch of people in a room making faces? I don't I can't even I, I think they like massage your face and stuff. I don't know. I don't want to sell the face gym. I don't I don't really super know what they do. I looked at a Harvard article and it basically said studies were inconclusive. They didn't really find any they didn't find any benefit to facial exercises. They said it can't hurt. If you want to do them, do them. But um there's really no evidence that uh it'll help. It did say reducing the appearance of thick scars is something that it could be good with, but this was baffling to me because I have I have scars. I have acne scars. I don't know if that's what they mean by thick scars. Like, what do they mean by a thick scar in your face? Like one that like pops out like a scar scar? Yeah, I don't, I would think like somebody cut your face. Yeah, maybe. That, see, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, it says face exercises, including stretching and movement can be used to loosen up and lessen the appearance of a tight scar. But like for the, as far as fighting gravity, which was why I was looking for it. Um, Inconclusive. It's yeah, it says, uh, if exercise is able to produce an effect, any changes would likely be subtle and far less um, could be accomplished. Far far less than basically they're saying just get get the fillers if that's yeah, what you want. That's not what it said. That's what I, it's, okay, I'll read it. Very subtle and far less could be accomplished than I'm sorry, I can't read. Any changes would likely be very subtle and far less than could be accomplished by other cosmetic methods such as derma fillers. Wow. Fuck yeah. them. No. 
I just I like that information. I don't want to waste my time making stupid faces no, no, in the mirror for an hour every morning. I appreciate that they saying that, that like, hey, just have a cup of coffee and don't do make weird smiles in the mirror for an hour. Like, I appreciate that. But like, I get the reason that you're concerned. But I also feel like pushing putting something in your face can't be helpful either. I'm very anti Botox and fillers and oh yeah i can't wait until we do an episode about it oh yeah i'm not i'm I'm, and i'm sure i'll eat my words in 10 years when i get sad but (laughs) i just well they do say that when i i came across articles while i was googling that running actually does age you so be careful there yeah but also like i'll i wouldn't like i wouldn't be alive without running like it's like there's a part of me that's (laughs) That's like like don't get me wrong like i do feel concerned about certain features not looking the way they did before and i'm very fortunate like i'm truly aging very slowly but at the same time like I am mentally trying to get over the belief that my value is just my face and that if I don't look both my body and my face like if I don't look the way I did when I was 25 that I don't have value you can believe that and you can go forward but you still have people judging you and blah 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 I mean almost half the when somebody doesn't like me when somebody doesn't like usually women online, whatever you do, they attack your appearance. So I'm already kind of used to people attacking my appearance now when I feel my best. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's funny to be like, I'm, you know, I'm, I look pretty good. And then people are like, no, you don't. And you're like, cool, you can never win. I'll never win. (laughs) So I feel like in some ways, it's kind of getting me ready for me to like, not look the way I want to. But at the same time, I, for me, the cheaper solution is to love myself. And I'm working on Mm. that at first. And then I'll, then I'll eat my words into Botox, I guess. But I'm very anti-Botox. Um, what I'll was go your on Google? A, I'm going to go on a rant. Um, <laughs> mine, I thought, um, a couple of mine are very like geared towards my mom, but it always, cause I don't think you ever did this, but, um, mine is, has, has anyone ever gone blind from getting laser surgery? Like LASIK? Ooh. Yeah. So this is the thing. I've always wanted it. I can't afford it, but I've always wanted it. But I heard you're supposed to do it later in life, especially 15 years ago when I really wanted it. Um, I've kind of less wanted it um, as I've gotten older, but I always heard you're supposed to do it later in life because it only lasts about 20 years. And uh, you can only get it if you're nearsighted, because what happens is after the 20 years, your, you know, your eyes change and it's more likely that you'll become uh uh, farsighted and you'll need glasses to read. So I'm, I'm not as blind as, as, uh, you are mom, but I, it's still inconvenient. Like I I can, I can read my phone without my glasses or my contacts if it's like pretty close to my face. And I'll do that sometimes in bed. I don't know why I do that, but for the most part, I feel pretty blind without them. And I've thought about getting LASIK and I, I have a, I don't know if you guys do this. Like I have, um, uh, like a, when I'm rich list, and so I, I keep a list of things I'm going to do when I'm rich and at the top is LASIK. And so I want to do it. But at the same time, I think I Googled this to make myself feel better for not being able to afford it. And um, because I'm also, <laughs> I'm also terrified of it. And I know a few people that got it done, but like knowing that it could go wrong makes me feel better about not affording it. So I, I looked it up. It says it's very rare, but it has happened. So almost all LASIK places will be like, no one's ever gone blind. But two things happen. First of all, they like it says you have a 34 times higher risk going blind from contacts, like infection from contacts. And I actually met a woman. She's a comic uh, that now lives in L.A. But I, we, she actually scared me to death 
because I guess she didn't take her contacts out and then she got some infection and then she had to, um, she came to a party wearing glasses and I was like, Oh, I love your glasses. And she was like, you gotta take your contacts out. Like she like truly like it was a Christmas party. And she was like shaking (laughs) me like the ghost of Christmas future. She's like, you gotta take your contacts out. And she basically had to put these drops in every hour on the hour for 24 hours, or she was going to lose one of her eyes because of some contact infection. So that's when I started to think maybe I'll get LASIK so I don't have that happen. And then of course, I was like, what if I go blind? Like lasers in your eyes doesn't sound like a good idea. I totally understand your reservation about it. A hundred percent. Well, what this is was even funnier is that it basically any kind of LASIK website will be like, it can't happen. And then of course, now there's a whole website that's like, it can happen. And this is what's happened. And it's like 40 stories, but this is the problem. They show people's eyeballs and I couldn't read it. Like if they had just told people's stories, like, and been like, Hey, this person got this in and they got an infection and they lost like their left eye went blind. I would actually probably have read a couple of stories, but it's all close up pictures of people's weird eyeballs. And I couldn't get through it. So the conclusion is, is that it's rare, but it does happen. And in my mind, all I heard from all this is don't get discounted LASIK surgery, like pay the full price. <laughs> I would never, yeah. Don't get a Groupon <laughs> anything. I, I, uh, somebody I knew in LA got Groupon Botox and she got it in her forehead and then her eye went limp for a month. Her like eyelid uh, went limp for a month. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely go to someone knowing what they're doing. Um, yeah. But yeah. Especially, but- it's also like, it's your face. Like, I don't think I would do discount anything on my face. Like, if I something have. goes wrong on my leg, it's like, I wear pants. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't seem as bad. But like, that's like, that's half the reason I'm like, face tattoos, like, less that it's your, it's like, it's your face. Like, you can't wear, I mean, now we wear masks, but <laughs> I can't imagine people getting face tattoos. Is like, I knew that. I knew the future. It's your face. Yeah, which goes back to your concern about your face. You're like, yeah, I want it to preserve it. I kind of, I kind of superseded into our let's get personal, but um, and this is almost to shame my mother, but um, because you don't wear contacts (laughs) or glasses, do you, Maria? Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to brag about the fact that I know this is going to mean I'm going to go blind in like three days, but um, I was I was uh, prescribed glasses when I was 12, and I didn't want to wear them, and I'm and I'm glad. I didn't because, you know, once you start wearing glasses, your eyesight gets worse and becomes dependent on the glasses. And uh, I've never really needed glasses. I've had really good eyesight ever since. Ever since. I, this, can this just be like, I feel like this story needs to be pulled aside of why we became two non-doctors because as at 12 years old, some doctor was like, hey, you need glasses. And you're like, no, I don't. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I totally is totally what happened. I was like, no, I don't. I'm not wearing I'm not wearing them. And um, you're wrong. And I was fine. And I would go to get eye eye exams and like, you know, fine. I didn't have 20, 20 vision, but I had good enough vision. So yeah. All right. I think that's a real lesson. But so, so my, I guess my, let's get personal is like I said, to shame my mother, it's, do you take your contacts out at night? Cause I want my mom to tell people what she does. Yeah. I, I actually don't take my contacts out. Um, the 30 day contacts in my defense, but, um, so you can't but it's not them. like, it's not like keep them in for 30 <laughs> days. Like no, no eye doctor is like, yeah, that's what that means. Keep well, it yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're 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 over. And I actually I lied to my my eye doctor, um, but yeah, I don't take them out. When do you take them out? When you change them? 
after crying, they gave it kind of. So that's when I changed my contacts. Yeah. So I, I, um, once in a while I'll wake up and if they're stuck to my eyeball, then then I'll pull them off. And, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't take them off. So, so because I've never worn contacts because I'm awesome. Um, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So you have to, you have to take them out at night before it's like take it's like washing your face, like the makeup off your face and stuff like just hygienically, you have to take them out every night. Yeah, you have to take them out and get some oxygen to your eyeballs, and um, and also you de- disinfect the, the the contacts. But so you're basically I, giving your contact a bath. Yes. So I know some people have dailies, like they'll use them, and you you know every day you throw them away, and these are thirty days. So I'm just trying to get my thirty days um, <laughs> out of them. I will say that. So so my mom was a horrible influence, and she never took her contacts out, and so I was like, yeah, that's. It's what people do and it's not a big deal. So I would sleep in my contacts and I would wake up and my eyes would be dry and I never thought anything of it. So I would just get eye drops and I would, I was like kind of addicted uh, to eye drops because I was like, God, my eyes are always so dry and they hurt. Never thinking that I should be taking them out at night. Um, I think I did the same thing. I think I went to the eye doctor and they're like, do you take your contacts out at night? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Um, they're like, your eyes are a little dry. And I'm like, that's so crazy. Um, <laughs> like truly like knowing I shouldn't be doing it, but also because my mom didn't do it and she had eyeballs and she's smart <laughs> that it shouldn't be a big deal. And then I went to some eye doctor and they're like, your eyes are really dry. It seems like you're sleeping with your contacts. And I was like, you know, I take naps in them sometimes. And he's like, you really shouldn't do that. And like kind of explained it. And then of course, my friend at the Christmas party that was like, you're gonna lose your eyes, really scared me. Like, I think I was like 26 when that happened. And she really did scare the bejesus out of me. I think I even told you that story, mom. And you were just like, yeah, that's fine. That seems like it's a her problem. Um, but I, I really started to kind of take them out. And I have almost no dry eye issues. But like my new thing is like, so you're supposed to, this is how you're supposed to, you're supposed to take out your contact, um, clean it. So you like basically put it, like you make a little cup in your, your palm of your hand, you put the solution on it, you kind of rub it on both sides, you clean it. Then you put solution in the little tubs and you let it sit. It should sit for like what, four to six hours or something to disinfect. And then you put them back in. But I don't do that either. I take them out. I throw them in the tub. I let it soak in its gross juices. Like the same way that like you would recycle a bathtub with like, you know, your sister takes a bath, she gets out and you get back in the tub, like kind of like that. And then I would just put them back in my eye. So like I've been trying during quarantine since I have the free time (laughs) to actually do what you're supposed to do to clean your contacts. Well, I just want to say I Googled while you were talking, I Googled can wearing contacts make you go blind. Yeah. yeah, it can. Yeah. Um, you can develop corneal ulcers and infections that yeah. can lead to blindness. So for but you, I, Liz, like the LASIK sort of evens out because yeah, the risk yeah, exactly. Is still <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's pretty much what was happening to my friend, and that's why I yell at my mom for like ten years. I've been yelling at my mom, and she's like, "It's fine, it's fine." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm gonna have to be the one that takes care of you and like shows you not to step on stuff when you lose your eyesight." And like, cause your eyesight, I, so I'll give you this. Like sh- my mom doesn't like taking out her contacts cause like you're super blind, right mom? Like, yeah. I can't see it. I, not that you need to see anything at night, but yeah, I fall asleep with them and I just feel more comfortable. I can look at the, the clock and. Shouldn't you, you just know, get LASIKs? I'm, I'm really worried about LASIKs. I just, what you Googled, I'm worried that something would go wrong and I would be blind. And since one of my biggest goals when I retire is to read, I don't think the blindness would go well. Okay. 
Now right. it's really hard to read when you're blind. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, you can learn a new skill. You're going to have the time in retirement. But... <laughs> Could you imagine you pre-learn Braille? <laughs> like, like p- quarantine goes on for so long that people are just like, yeah, just in case. Just in case I'm going to learn Braille. Okay. I think, I hope we scared the bejesus out of somebody. Um, <laughs> all right. So the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the reason we brought, um, we brought back uh, my mom is because our topic today is, is weightlifting good for you? And especially is weightlifting uh, good for women? And um, am I allowed to say your age, mom? Of course. What do you say? I actually don't even know. 64? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Is that right? No, it's 63. 63. So sorry. Um, so okay. um, I can never remember your birthday. So. That is true. My mom is like, <laughs> wish me a happy birthday a couple days before. And people are like, oh, I thought your birthday was on the 11th. And I was like, it is. <laughs> and they're like, oh, why'd your mom wish you a happy birthday early? I was like, I don't know. She was there. Like, I yeah, just you had five kids. I mean, you can't keep track of all the dates. Yeah, that is true. That's very true. My mom's very busy. So um, you're a competitive power lifter. And when did you start specifically powerlifting? Uh, about two years ago. So I was 61 is when I okay. first first started, first first competition. Okay. And when did you, I, when would you, when would you say you started using heavier weights as a form of exercise? When I really got into like deadlifting would be through CrossFit. Um, I mean, before, before that, it, it, it wasn't common for some, you know, to do a squat or use a barbell. And CrossFit really did change things. And I, I started CrossFit about 2009. And, you know, if I said I was doing CrossFit at the time, people just wouldn't know what you were talking about. But what was great about it, it was like barbells and bumper plates and chalk. I mean, things that you could never do in a regular, regular gym. Uh, no one would think women could learn how to deadlift or <clears throat> something like deadlifting is too dangerous. So my first exposure would be back when I was doing CrossFit. Have you, Maria, have you done weightlifting at, a, at all as like a form of exercise? I feel like you've yeah, mostly done like... Yeah, like but like those silly little purple dumbbells, like, oh, like the, <laughs> you know like what the I mean? the 1980s. Yeah, like I, I think that part of the gym is is sort of like, the, I, you just don't look at it. You know, it's like the, the part of the menu that has lobster on it. You just pretend <laughs> like it's not there. It's like, I can't... Uh, I, I, I know what cardio equipment, I know how to use that. And I know how to use the weights that are attached to, to like, you, you put the little lever into how much weight you want. Yeah. The machines, but like the free weights, like that was always man territory and I was afraid to get in it. Cause you know, you never know when there's a sort of, um, like a, an etiquette to things that, and that you don't know anything about. And so I didn't want to like pick up a weight when somebody was like, I'm still using it or you just don't want to make a, um, an ass out of yourself. So I never got into the free weights. I always felt uncomfortable. I remember I joined this gym. I forget where it was. I joined a gym because I was in like a weird part of Brooklyn and I just wanted to go to a YMCA that was like closer to me. And I always looked for, there was like indoor tracks and I really liked indoor tracks. And I found one with an indoor track. It wasn't that great. And then I was like, all right, I'll just do weights. Cause I never did like up until about a couple of years ago, I never did any kind of heavy weights, but I would do like 10 pounds or 15 pounds and just stuff that I had learned when I was a, a gymnast. And I go into this room that's a little too small for more than five people. And it's all guys. And they didn't do anything to make me feel uncomfortable. But it was like the first time that I was like, oh, I'm in a small room with five men that are very strong. And I don't feel good here. 
Like yeah. nobody did anything. Nobody said anything. Nobody looked at me, but it, it is a little bit like mentally. I was like, I'm the only woman and I am the weakest person in here. And this place is small and I don't think I want to be here anymore. Yeah. It's just like when I went to the Middle East and I would go to a hookah bar and you'd walk in and be like all men. And then you'd turn and be like, oh, I don't belong here right now. <laughs> like yeah, nobody yeah, said like, anything, but yeah, yeah, I just don't the lady hookah hours? I don't know. <laughs> is that is that in the afternoon? Um, I, I don't know. Do you remember this story, mom? We were in LA and you wanted to do weightlifting. And so we like, we like joined a YMCA for a week and I was like doing, you know, I was like running on a treadmill and there was, it wasn't a big weight section, but there was like a weight section and it actually was one of the, like, it was a, I was like really proud of this story. You like walked in, you saw a guy using like a barbell weight, um, like a big, I guess, is that the right way to say it? Like the bars with the, so he was using a big barbell weight and you're like, okay, there's only one of them and he's using it. And you walked away and then you told me you had like, you're like, wait, I belong here. And I should ask him when he's going to be done. And like you walked in and you asked when he's when he's going to be done. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm done right now. And then you did your sets and he watched you do the sets. And, he, and I was like, at that point, I came over and I was stretching while you're working out. And he was like, holy shit. Like, oh, my God. Like, he was just like blown away yeah. by how strong you were. And I was like, that's my mom. <laughs> that's my mom, everybody. Um, but do you remember? Do you remember that story, mom? Do you remember that happening? Yeah, I, I, I do remember. And, you know, it's funny. I. I just feel real uncomfortable when when you go to a gym and you go to to the weight room like the squat racks and and you know the the dumbbells and it just feels I guess it just feels like you don't belong and I don't know if it's just because as women that we feel like we're supposed to be in in the hip hop class or something <laughs> and and it, and it it just feels like they're going to say are you in the wrong spot but I remember I was doing a, a program. I was, you know, I was going to compete and I didn't want to to lose my progress. And it was just like, you almost have to be aggressive and because there's not always a lot of equipment and you just have to, you know, make it known that, you know, you're waiting for the barbell. So, yeah, I do remember that. It was a good feeling because you feel like, oh, maybe I do belong. But it was I, what I what I was impressed about it is that, like, I think. I think it's, and you know, you can correct me if it's wrong, but I think it's taken a long time for you to like kind of speak up for yourself. And I do think that area, strange men in a gym is like a hard place to speak up for yourself. But like, I remember it was one of the first times that you were like, I, cause I remember you made me call places to make sure they had barbells. Like they had the equipment you wanted. You didn't want to go to some gym that had a couple of treadmills. So we find this gym. It's not that far. I had to uh, walk my mom to the gym every day. Like, like I was taking her to school. It was adorable. (laughs) My mom is one of those things that she can do anything, but I don't think I have a great sense of direction, but I believe my mom like, I think she's worried about being blind because with her eyes, she still struggles to like find the mailbox. Like it's a kind of crazy, but I'm not, I'm not much better. So, but she, she would be like, can you take me to the gym? So we would, you know, walk a couple blocks truly to the gym. And I went to work out with her that day. And I remember her telling me, she was like, yeah. And then I was like, I belong here and I'm going to ask him. And he was very nice. And then he was very impressed. And I was like, that's awesome. But I do think I mean, I think it's changing a lot and I'm sure you've seen it change a lot, but like women were, ne- if women were told to do weights, it was like those little baby weights and yeah, it was, you would always do 
more reps and less weight because you would bulk up or you would break your back or something. Like they just thought ladies had more delicate backs. And now I don't think that's true. Like I feel like all of Instagram is just women doing heavy weights. Nobody has anything to say about oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> good, good conversation, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Liz. So how much can you lift now? So, Is that a question people ask? I don't know. Yeah, no. Yeah, they, they usually ask how much you can bench, but they, they don't ask that of women. But what I was always good at, good at was um, deadlifting. And it was always my my strongest lift. And I can did, I cut in to ask what deadlifting is exactly like? It's basically picking up something from the ground. So um, it, you just have to stand up with the weight. So it's it's the barbell with the plates, and you just seems like really easy. You, you you grab it and you stand up. So it's kind of grip and rip. So is it, is it up to your knees or over your head? No, up to your knees. Yeah, yeah. you're. It's no, literally okay. it's literally like picking up a box. Like you're okay. You just like pick it up. Um, so like, so, th- so think of like lifting, like you bend down and then you stand up and now you're standing straight and you're holding something. Okay. And then you can just drop it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, 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 or place it down. So that, that- <laughs> that <was> so <laughs> condescending. You're like, or well, you could put it down. Like it's very, it's like, it's really expensive, Maria. Like, <laughs> like you're a human and not it. a monkey. Like, okay. <laughs> that was such a mom response. You're like, yeah, or you could put it down. I don't know who raised you. Yeah. I'm like, drop that mic. <laughs> Boom, lifted. What? <laughs> The equipment's expensive, so be nice. So, <laughs> so anyway, deadlifting was, and it is, it's probably like one of the easiest lifts. It's all you have to do is from from the from the ground, you just lift, and then you lift it up to your knees. So the my first competition, and my first goal was to lift three hundred pounds. So. Um, so that's the you're most. Of it. People need to know you're a small woman. Like people, I don't so. What are you like five foot, mom? I used to be five two. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's true anymore. Um, no, it's not. We'll just we'll say we'll we'll break it down. You're like five one, um, petite woman, and you lifted because I, I think people need to know that you're lifting over two times your body weight. Yeah. So um, when I was competing, I my I weigh in like under 139 pounds. So yeah, it's about twice my body weight, but that's my best lift. With powerlifting, there's three lifts. There's the squat where the bar is on your back and you you just squat down. And then there's the bench press, which, you know, I just learned, learned that lift. So my best lift is the deadlift. And I have to admit, that's one of my most impressive lifts. I do have the New Jersey state record. Uh, for how for how heavy, Mom? For for that, it was about two eighty. Um, but didn't you do three hundred three? Yeah, I did three hundred three. That was my first lift. And the thing about my my first competition, I only did the deadlift. So it's a, it's a little bit different when you do what's called a full power uh, a full power meet, and that means you do all three lifts. So the the idea in powerlifting is you you do the squat, um, you do the the bench press and then the deadlift. And it is different when you just do one lift competition. So you're not tired from the other, other parts of the other lifts. Um, so 
the very first time, which I mean, it, it was like the, the, the best day. It was my goal to lift over 300 pounds. It was my first competition. I mean, here you are, you're in front of three judges and this, this outfit I can't even describe. Um, it's like a singlet. It's like a like yes, a res- yes. like oh. a wrestling singlet. And my mom, my mom's the type of person that's like never like worn a bathing suit in public. I never wore shorts in public. <laughs> oh wow! And now, and now she's being weighed in in public, and she's wearing like a like a wrestler singlet. And my mom is you, horrified. Well, how do women wear those? Because it's is in the well. mind. Maybe maybe I'm picture. <laughs> <laughs> I want to look at. I'm going to look that up. But like, um, so 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 there's a whole outfit you have to wear. You can't just show up in jeans and a t-shirt. Like, no, ready to lift. Oh, you have to have a certain like shirt, like a cotton shirt. You have to have the singlet. You have to have the because they want to see like what like, your hip, okay. They want to see like your hip bones or something, right? Like they want to be right. able to see your your body so that they know you're doing it properly into the fullest form or whatever, the fullest <clears throat> right? That's the reason. Yeah, so they can see your you know, that you're straightened up, your your knees and you know, you don't have any extra help, though I don't know how you know, a special shirt could help you, but um <laughs> And yeah, there's 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 different rules, and there's three judges, and if all three judges give you like a white light, then the lift is good. So I guess my question is like, we spent most of our lifetime being told that women shouldn't lift heavy weights, and that it's both um, not good for us, and it's um, it, it could hurt us. What have like, have you seen any? What are the positive? T- the, as somebody that's done a lot of exercises and has done, in my mind, every exercise fad that has ever happened since the 70s, like what have you seen a change in your body? And even just um, as somebody that's kind of getting older, what positivity have you seen from lifting extremely heavy weights? Like you're lifting twice your body weight. Well, I, I think one of the first things it helps build muscle and, you know, with, with aging over time, what you lose is your, your muscle and your strength. And that's, why sometimes we worry about older people falling because you, you tend to fall and then break your hip. But I, I did have, um, before I started the powerlifting, I did have the beginning of osteoporosis. So I, it's probably the reason why I, I lost over an, an inch. So I started, I always liked lifting, but, you know, I, I wanted to build my strength. And with it, with it, I, you know, reversed my, my bone loss. Um, I gained muscle. I lost over 40 pounds and I've kept it off for, for, for years. And the the thing that most women worry about is that they're going to bulk up, like you're going to, you know, look like the Hulk. And it's, it's so, we just don't have the testosterone for that to happen. So if anything, you build muscle, but I mean, you don't look like you're muscle bound. You just build strength, which I think for women, it's probably the number one thing you could do to prevent like aging. Do you, do you feel like, because we've talked about this, like with comedy and, and, and running and stuff, do you feel like you get a high from lifting? It, I mean, I think exercise is one of the, I, I now I, I do it for my mental health. I, I, I don't, I mean, it, it, it's relaxing to me, and and it it just takes away a lot of anxiety. So I I now I don't lift like for example to to, to lose weight. I really do do it for something that a I enjoy. I have the goal of 
you know, lifting as heavy as I can, um, just improve all, all my lifts. But it, it definitely, without it, I, I just, I don't feel like myself and I'm anxious. I, I don't think it's a runner's, runner's high. Like, you know, I, I never had that. I'm not a good runner. Um, to me, that's like one of the hardest exercises to do. But the lifting is, you know, you're doing one or two reps and it, it doesn't take as, I think, as much out of you. Um, the intensity is is different. So do you do you think it's like an accomplishment high? Like, do you think it's just that you're setting goals? Do you feel is it being sore the next day? Like, what do you think, or is it just the fact that you don't feel anxious while doing it because you're fully making sure you don't like break your back? Yeah, I think it's 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 you have to concentrate while you're you're doing it, so you're thinking about really nothing else. But I think for me, it's just like working on um, a goal. I mean, I'm not even sore. I I don't lift that I'm sore and I can't move the next day. So you really work on your, your fatigue because you, you're, you, you just want to build, build your, your strength. And, and, um, yeah, so I, I think there's different, different things like, for example, CrossFit is high intensity and you're doing a lot of volume and a lot of reps and the next day, you know, you can't get out of bed, but powerlifting doesn't necessarily have, have to be like, like that. And so you, you kind of program each week, you just try to get a little bit strong. And I think that's the high for me because you know that each week you're, you're going to reach your goals and just get stronger. You, you talked about losing 40 pounds. Is this like the best, is this the most weight you've lost and kept off without? Um, Cause I feel like, I feel like most women struggle with like the yin yang of like yeah. you lose the weight, then you gain the weight. And like, whether that's like a diet that's unmaintainable or like an exercise regime that, you know, maybe you start when you're in quarantine, but you can't do when you have a job. Like there's, there's so many times where it's like, yeah, of course, if I could do this every day with like, of course, if I could make working out my job, I would be more consistent than if I had a job. So do you feel like there's something about weightlifting that's been, um, more healthy for you, even just how you look at weight and how you, cause especially because you technically gain weight with muscle. Like I've always known that I yeah. get, when I start getting stronger, I start gaining weight on the scale, but I I'm toner and I, I look more the way I would like to. Yeah. I, I think the thing about once I started competing, first of all, you have to weigh in. So that's very motivating. And just to weigh in, in your underwear. Yeah, and, and it's a private room. The first time I didn't even know that it was like <laughs> we're we're, go- we're gonna weigh you in, and and I'm thinking it's in your little singlet, which is ugly as it is. But it was like, no, you have to weigh in in your underwear. So <laughs> I, was, I was I was like just shocked, and she said, "But don't worry, it's women. You know, it'll be a female that'll weigh you in." And I'm thinking, oh my god, are you kidding? Isn't that uh, like your nightmare? I it just was feel- my nightmare. Like, cool, I'm going to, I'm going to stand in front of other women and be weighed in. And then somebody's going to be like a hundred and something pounds. And you're like, cool, great. Tell the world. Oh, all the judges know my weight. Awesome. Awesome. This is the worst day of my life. <laughs> so it, it, it is very private, but the, the one thing about, I have, I have been on, I think I diets on and off since high school and you know, how you lose the weight and then you regain it. But for, for this, this is the first time I lost it and I have 
kept it off for, for over three years. And I think that's just the best part. And I, I think because it's not that I'm just exercising the exercise, it's to compete. So I have this goal, like in, in four months, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to weigh a certain weight and I'm going to, my goal is to, you know, lift 300 pounds and squat, you know, 150. So I, I think what it does, it just keeps you motivated uh, more than just, I need this certain weight because I want to you know, wear a certain size. So for me, the best thing uh, about powerlifting is that there is competition. It's not exercise. In fact, I call it training, you know, like it's something different. It's almost like changed the way you even think about working out where before working out was just hitting a goal weight. So you would feel, you know, kind of better about yourself because you were feeling uncomfortable. And now it's, I mean, I definitely had that kind of change when I went from running to lose weight. And then I started doing marathons and half marathons because now it was like, well, I don't want to die in the middle of this marathon. Like it started to be like, I just want to, it started to be exercise for survival and getting stronger as opposed to exercise because I want to fit into these pants. But what I do on the, on the weight thing, which I do find interesting is that, you know, what do they say post menopause? I mean, they say every part of a woman's life is hard for us to lose weight. Like it really feels like after you turn 14, they're like, good luck trying <laughs> to shed the pounds. Like it, I feel like post everything, but isn't it like what I've always heard is post menopause, like you almost like this is who you are now. Like, like, did you find that it was harder to lose weight? Did you find that you struggled with it? Did you find that this was the thing? Like, yeah, it's they they talk about like it, it, you know it's impossible to lose weight after menopause. And I remember I was turning sixty, and it was my goal to once and for all just get to my goal weight. Just stop having this as my New Year's resolution to get to the you know my weight. Like, is this ever going to happen? So it was my goal to to get to the weight I wanted to be when I was 60 and it, it didn't happen, but that was the year I started competing in, in another sport. It's kettlebell sport, but. Oh yeah. You did kettlebell competitions. Right. That was, that's where I really started. For some reason was my bucket list to, to be on a platform and to compete. I, I don't know why. We should I'm tell, like, we should tell Maria and listeners how boring kettlebell competitions are. Cause I went to watch you and it was, I don't wait, even. First I want to know if you reached your goal weight. I think you said you didn't, but I didn't know if like once you started um, powerlifting, you did. Yeah, or... It was, it was really, I started with like this kettlebell sport, um, which is, you know, I, I think by this time, through CrossFit, people know what kettlebells look like. It's a ten-minute set, and you you wait you you lift the these kettlebells for for ten minutes. You can't put them down. You can't put them down. That's all it is. She just lifts them up, puts them down. Lifts them up, puts them down. But or not puts them down, but like lowers them. Right, and it's someone's judging you and 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 counting. And that's the funny thing. That was the year a I wanted to compete, and that weigh in was was not public. It was public. I mean, you weren't in your underwear, but it was just, they threw down a scale, you stepped on it. And the guy looked at me, I'll, I'll tell you, I was 185 pounds at my height. And he kind of looked at me and he says, is that what you weighed in at home? And I was like, no. Fuck you. Fuck you. Wow. And it was just, it was like my aha moment. And I, I remember waiting for my turn. I was sipping water and this woman said to me, you know, you shouldn't drink right now. You'll throw off your weight. And I'm thinking, you know, the weight I was, 
it was, you know, a few sips of water is not going to, you know, change. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea that you turn into the woman being like, it's very flattering. You think this is water weight. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was my, that first, and you came to that one. That was my first, I didn't even realize you weighed in. I thought at my age, who, you know, cares what I weigh? (laughs) I'm I'm standing on a platform. Isn't like, shouldn't I get a star for that? And it was my aha moment. I said, I will never, ever be embarrassed when I, you know, step on a scale and and they record my weight. And that year, over the next six months, I I lost the I lost the weight. And how from kettlebell sport, which I wasn't good at, you know, you know, I'm not a runner. I'm not. That's an endurance sport. And I I realized it wasn't totally strength. We started lifting weights so that I would get stronger. And so I started deadlifting and show me, you know, how to, to squat. And it was funny. I was like, I love this. It's, you know, I, I just have to do one rep. It's under a... a, a... <laughs> I like that it's out of pure laziness. You're like, oh, I do one rep and people think I'm a hero. <laughs> That's right. It's like, it, it, it was, that was fun to me. The 10 minutes was like, I mean, I was getting anxious. I mean, I couldn't breathe. It's, it's. You know, it's everything. It's everything I hate about running. Is like every, everything hurts. You can't. You can't. Oh, I hate you're running. At, oh, yeah, oh. you had a breath, but the powerlifting was this. This is my sport, and so from that point on, you know, I was able to maintain my weight because it was very motivating. That I, you know, you have to pick a weight class, and it's more impressive. You know, it's one thing. You know, if you're 200 pounds and you're picking up three pounds, it's more impressive that you know you're a, you weigh 100 pounds and you pick up 300. So that's kind of my story. How finally, even in my 60s, that um, I was able to lose the weight and maintain it, which I, I think is, I think that's like the important part is being able to maintain it. Yeah, that that is more uh, to me. That's more amazing because there's nothing like you know you can starve yourself for eight weeks and get down to your weight, and then you know one donut later, you're you know, <laughs> you're back up. Do do you feel like you're the only when you do these competitions, or even when you um, are just training in general? Like, how often are you uh, the oldest person, the oldest woman? Like, what is it? What does it look like when you're competing? Are you I mean, can I just be honest that I have a joke about you doing competitions? And I tell people, like, my mom's lifted 303 pounds. And then people clap. And I'm like, well, keep it in perspective. It's like two other old ladies and a dead <laughs> woman. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, let's calm down. But I, I think I've only gone to one competition. Like, what, is, what are the other people? What does it look like out there? Like, I get that you're not competing against men. But is it a lot of young men? And then there's a couple of old guys. Like, what is it? It, it's it's kind of yeah it's kind of funny. First of all, it's the women and and mo- mo- yeah they're they're definitely a lot younger. So I'm considered masters three. So there might be a, one or two other women, you know, my my age. Most are, are much younger, like twenties or thirties or even even forties. So I'm pretty much just competing against myself more than anything. Sometimes what you you try to do is kind of compete within your weight class. Even that, being lighter kind of helps because there's not even that many people in, in that weight class. So if you win your weight class, it's kind of impressive. But as far as the age, yeah, you're right. It's just it's just a you know a thing of survival. Like I'm you know, last last 
old lady standing. Are there older guys? Yeah. And I say it's funny. A lot of times there'll be more older men doing it than than younger men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's mostly, you know, younger, but you'll at least have more kind of older, older men versus, you know, for the, for the women, it's like, you know, my age group, two or three. My dream is to make you like, um, an internet powerlifting star, like veterinarian, mm-hmm. cat specialist, mm-hmm. lover, cat lover turns, uh, like buff grandma. <laughs> I think that's well doable. Yeah. A hundred percent. That like, I don't know who wouldn't tune into that. Especially because I, I'm probably going to use this picture when we post this, but, um, for I think it was your 62nd birthday, mom. You 62nd or 63rd, you you posted a picture of you just making a muscle in front of a mirror, yeah. and I posted that picture for Mother's Day. I was like, "This is my mom," and everybody's like, "Holy shit!" And I go, "Yeah, she's she's pretty scary. Like she's she's got guns. Like don't don't yeah. piss off my mother." And, and to be to be truthful, I think that is one of my goals when when I have retired because I would like to motivate other other older women um that first of all this is something that you you can do and it it really does prevent a lot of the aging problems and a lot of the problems of you know you fall and you break a hip and then you die um so I I hope that what I do would be just motivating for don't don't be you know nervous about going into the weight room you belong you know just like the men you belong there and it doesn't matter where you start a, a lot of times even for these competitions like I'm going you know they they put you in order of the weight you're going to lift and I'm like first in line because I'm not lifting heavy. Women at these, these days are amazing. They're lifting, they're, they're squatting like two, 300 pounds. And, you know, there I was, my, my starting weight was 140. And I, you know, part of me, I was like, oh, like this, I shouldn't even be here. But for, for, for everyone, it's where you start is, is just as important as, as where you end if you keep up with it, it is one of these sports where eventually you get, you know, you get stronger. Is it funny that a part of me is like, you're like, at least you're not going to, you know, die breaking a hip. And I was like, yeah, you'll die so much cooler, like under like 400 pounds. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, how'd your mom die, Liz? Oh, she was lifting 400 pounds and she slipped, but you know, she, I think that's how she wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> she died doing what she loved. Yeah. Being around no one. Not her family around no one lifting weights. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thanks so much, mom. I mean, I think this is, I, I wanted, like, I, I think it's a, I think it's not a newer form of exercise, but I think it's definitely like more women are doing CrossFit. Like I've been doing CrossFit for um, a year now. I did it a little bit a while ago with, you know, with my brother, Sam, but um, this is the longest I've kept with it. And really I've never liked weightlifting. I still don't like weightlifting, but um, I I see the benefits of it and I enjoy it. And I, I definitely see that's a lot more women doing it. But I think being able to kind of show your story as somebody that got into this much, like you started doing CrossFit in your fifties and then right. with the, yeah, and then with the kettlebell competitions and now powerlifting competitions, like I think there is something interesting about showing your voice and about exercise and the benefits. I, I've always thought the story about um, you kind of reversing early signs of osteoporosis through that, like that's so powerful to me. So I, I appreciate you coming on and telling people your weight, both your physical weight and the weight you lift. I think that's no, no women do that. 
So <laughs> you've told your age, your weight. weight. Oh my I god! I know. You talk about having gray hair. I mean, I just, I think, I think you're uh, an inspiration. To you the should world. write an article and send it into Glamour. Like this is what a real woman is. <laughs> <laughs> I had five kids, and I tell people about my age and weight. Suck it. Uh, thanks, mom. This was awesome. Um, this was awesome. Uh, well, we appreciate you. We'll have you come on and um, tell us other stuff um, to make our podcast more legitimate. And then eventually you'll probably just take over my seat. I, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. you don't have a backup plan in your retirement, so you can't get out of this. But uh, thanks uh, thanks for being on. So everybody, um, we would love to hear any stories of anybody getting into certain types of exercise, especially weightlifting later in life. I think that's, um, I would love to hear any stories about that. Um, we definitely want to hear any stories um, about Lasix or contacts, um, good or bad. Have no you gone pi- blind? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no pictures. I cannot handle these pictures. Uh, of course, you can email us at twonondoctors at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at twonondoctors, that's DRS. Or we have a Facebook. Um, we have a Patreon, right? Bonus Maria? episodes. Yeah. Extra bonus content. Yeah, we'll guys. shout you out. Yeah, guys. Um, so we got tons of benefits with our Patreon. Um, and I, yeah, just subscribe. Rate us if you're listening on iTunes. That's a big, um, that helps us immensely. I don't know why it helps us immensely, if I'm being perfectly honest. Well, because then iTunes will like feature us or if somebody like Google's comedy podcast, we'll get closer to being featured. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's actually helpful. I just know that's something I'm supposed to say. So it's good that they know. <laughs> but it's it's free to rate and review us, guys. Um, but uh, thanks for coming on, Mom. Um, oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And thanks, guys. Enjoy your lives. Bye. 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 You got to take your contacts out. <laughs>